Well, it seems like an easy story. Even kids could tell it, sort of. Uh, is that time of year, it's Christmas time, and we are walking you through this series about talking about God's gift to us during Christmas. I don't know about you, um, uh, this, this is a beautifully wrapped present, don't you think? Uh, just gorgeous. I don't know what the rules are in your house. I am not the assigned present wrapper. Um, when it comes to gifts like this, this would not look like this at my hands. There's another employee at my house. Uh, we talked to the boss, and between the two of us, we have assigned the other person to wrap gifts because mine would not come out like this. There's all kinds of gifts. Maybe you're under pressure. You have somebody at work, and you got to, oh, man, I forgot there's a party. i got to get the gift. Time is of the essence, and this is, this is gorgeously wrapped. The only problem with this gift is that um, there's, there's nothing in it. It just... I mean, it's just a box that we use for decorations. And, and I got to say, the challenge of the gospel and the church is that for years, people have been taught that Christmas is just that. Just decorations. There's nothing in there. And, and in fact, we often don't do much better as church people. Uh, people don't often say, hey, I'm getting up in the morning. You know where I'm going to go get answers? I'm going to go to the church. Sometimes we've wrapped things very nice, and, and oftentimes we wrap them very neatly, but there's no substance to them. We wouldn't know what to say to a coworker who's struggling with addiction any more than we know what to say with a child who doesn't understand what's going on, why their parent passed away. We know what our favorite worship songs are, though, don't we? And we know what our favorite Bible verses are. So we brought up this verse from Isaiah 61 that's repeated by Jesus in Luke chapter 4. That is this proclamation of the gospel. And last week, uh, Pastor Craig walked you through and said, it is good news for poor people. And I don't know about you, but there are days where I feel more poor than other days. I didn't get enough sleep or my job's too long, or my house is too chaotic, or my bones are too old. Whatever it is in your world, there's times when I feel poor, and I need more than just pat answers. I need Jesus. Most people that I deal with um, that are just starting to explore faith and maybe the idea of God, they don't need all the trappings that sometimes I want as a person who's been in church. They just need answers and Jesus. And so last week, uh, Pastor Craig talked about that first part. Where Jesus stands up in a synagogue, he reads this passage, and he says, my first thing is to give you good news in all your poverty. Your spiritual poverty, your emotional poverty. All those holes, that's what the gospel fills. Uh, this week, we're looking a little bit further down where it says the next promise that he gives. He says, I've been, he I've been sent to give liberty to captives. Now, let me clarify this before we go on. Liberty is not freedom. You'll hear in a couple weeks about freedom. Liberty is the difference between how a vet views America and how a average American views America. Someone who served in the war views America versus how someone who's never had a conflict. Freedom, you can do whatever you want. Pretty much right now, you can do whatever you want. You don't like the kind of coffee we have in the cafe? Get a different cup. You don't like a particular worship song? Send a text to Sean and tell him to change the worship song. You don't like a sermon? Well, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, you're stuck with that one. 
We have all kinds of freedoms. When the passage was written in Isaiah 61, guess what Israel was? They were captives to Babylon. When Jesus proclaimed it in Luke 4, guess what the Israelites were? They were captives to Rome. And in both cases, they had a lot of freedom unless they wanted to leave town or unless they wanted to skip out on taxes or unless a Roman soldier walked up and said, carry my bag. We have that same kind of thing. We have all kinds of freedom, but we're not at liberty to do things all the time. Go ahead, try and be at liberty of not paying your electric bill. But I got freedoms and rights. Jesus says one of the reasons he came was to say empty boxes are not enough. There are places where you need to be liberated from, freed from, and you need to have the context of that about why that happens. It is critically important that that happens. Because everything gets out of context. We get so used to being free, we don't even notice the difference. There was a story told of a guy who was in prison, and he dug his way out. Now, I don't know why in this town the prison was next to the elementary school, but he dug his way out in the tunnel, and his tunnel came up right in the middle of the elementary school playground on a weekend. And he jumped out of that thing, and he was so happy, and he just yelled to the skies, I'm free, I'm free, and a little kid's on the slide, he yells over, what's the big deal? I'm four. See, we get caught in all this stuff where we don't even know the freedoms we have. And so we're going to share a single verse with you that has huge complications to us. Because if I can be clear about this, both in Isaiah and in Luke chapter 4, Jesus wasn't talking to the pagans. He was talking to church people. Jesus was in a synagogue when he says this. People who come in and he says, you are trapped and you don't even know it. Even Isaiah, Isaiah was prophesying this over Israel, the people that believed in God. It is a problem for church. Last week was a problem for everyone. We all have poverty. This week is a problem. We get trapped by things we don't even know. We're going to look at uh, the book of Colossians. We're going to look at a single verse. I'd encourage you to read those books if you want to. All those letters, Philippians, Ephesians, Colossians, they are all about this same thing. Apparently, the early church struggled with it just like we do. Sometimes you feel physically locked in. You're not the conqueror. You're the conquered. Sometimes you feel spiritually locked out. You know there should be a God, but you're, you should connect. Your, your prayer should go somewhere, but you don't feel like they're connecting. And Paul reads in the New Testament these early churches that he planted, and he just wants to get this easy idea of how easy it is to become trapped again. So if you do me a favor, if you'd stand together as we read this, this one verse together from Colossians chapter 2. It points out four things that hopefully will help you get through the holidays and make it much simpler of looking out for things that keep you in captivity. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human traditions, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. Let's pray about that. Father, I pray that you'd help us today to see through the freedoms we have and have our ears and our hearts listening to you for true liberty that only you can give. Guide us in your word this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 
I'm going to share a bunch of scripture with you. If you have a pen or a pencil or whatever, you can screen grab whatever is up there. Some of them will be up there. Um, but there's all kinds of stuff that goes into this. Like I said, if, you, if, if I encourage you to read the entire book of Galatians this week, it might help you a lot more than me speaking. In fact, in Galatians, what Paul says, it says, in the fullness of time, when time had reached its fullness, when it was the right time, Jesus, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those that were under the law. That's Galatians chapter 4. Christmas is all about that. That summarizes what Christmas is, that Galatians 4, 4 verse. That when time was ready, God sent Jesus to help save us who are under rules, but we can't obey them. Think about it. Why do we have police officers just kind of trolling along 301? Not because they have free time. They know that no matter what speed limit you put, humans are going to go above it. Uh, my house, the danger zone, I don't, we shared this at the first service. I don't know what your house was, but Christmas Day had a meal part of it. And the rules were, we are making food that you're not allowed to touch until that Christmas meal. Oftentimes we had made them days beforehand. And so you had to figure out what you were going to eat that day. And apparently in my house, the dog was a terror because uh, pieces of pies would be missing. And as we looked at my father and he cleaned the crumbs off his face, he would tell us, I think the dog ate it. There's no difference between, I, I don't know if that happens in your house, that dad sometimes sneaks part of the meal. Don't shake your head, teenager, so I have to look at your dad. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know if that happens in you, but we, Genesis chapter 3. Hey, I created you. Let's get this relationship down right. You can have anything you want, just don't this one thing. One thing. Don't do it. That'll show the correct relationship. Could have been a pond. Could have been a bird. Don't poke that one bird. He just said, here's, here's one thing. Didn't last a generation. There's a sinfulness in us that blocks us and sends us in a different way. Here are the four things. Philosophy, deceit, human traditions, and those elemental things. And if you're okay, we're going to walk them backwards and kind of walk through those kind of things and, and, and mark you through them. And they'll, they'll keep up so we can kind of follow along. But let, let, me start with, um, let me start by defining them, okay? And then we'll look at the bibl biblical passages. You can be held captive by philosophy if your belief doesn't have any substance. In other words, you work so hard to describe something ahead of time that you prescribe it, and when you experience it, nothing changes. Here's simple terms. Your opinion doesn't offer any other options. You've worked hard to come up with an opinion. You've thought about it. You've thought about it. It's now your personal philosophy. You don't have any other options. I, I, uh, we helped a church that we were serving during COVID, and I was on a computer the entire time, and I, I think I literally ruined my eyes, or I'm getting old. I don't know. Um, and I need reading glasses. And there are times when I get to a place, just whatever the bare minimum is that you get, whatever it is, like 0.1, whatever, 0.25, two, I don't know what it is. I just get the, the lowest end. And there'll be times I'll look at a scripture in a certain, certain book. I have an interlinear Bible that I look at. I'm like, wow, that is, there's something wrong with that print. I never go, there's something wrong with me. 
I'm like, wow, there's somebody, somebody wrote that way too small. That's what philosophy can do. You put on glasses. You already thought about it. You have a preconceived idea. You put it on. Um, and as you move into deceit, deceit isn't nearly lying. It's just moving without direction. I'll feed you enough half-truths that you'll just make up the lies on your own. Lying is outright lying. Then it talks about these spiritual forces going on. And normally we get all freaked out and think that's demonic stuff, but we'll share later a verse that talks about it's really your worldview is the world's view. Me first. And finally, we'll look at that last part of human traditions, which I'm sure you don't have. Just things you repeat because they're comfortable. It is critically important that if you want to see transformation, that you get this down in your life. Let me give you an example. A number of years ago, there was an earthquake during the Christmas season, or so I've heard, and there was a philosopher and a theologian and a farmer, and they were all trapped in a building and waiting for rescue. And after a couple days, they knew it would be a couple days, so they began to look around. And in the midst of their effort, they found one can of beans. The philosopher sat back and he talked about the great provision of mankind and the rising of the human spirit. The theologian sat back and talked about the purpose of suffering and the provision of God. The farmer just grabbed a can opener and opened the beans. No one cares what you know until they know that you care. Do you not see people around us lost and dying? And our first things to tell them is how they should dress like us, talk like us, or act like us? Why are we sitting around talking about the beans instead of opening them up and sharing them with the world? Let's start with the idea of uh, the last thing that he talks about, the elemental spirits of this world. Again, normally we're in church. Wouldn't that be like, oh my gosh, there's a demon at my door, you know? It comes from this fallen nature. He's not talking about actual spirits in this case, that, that particular thing, because we know that the verse that's up there in Galatians follows along and says the same thing. Be careful that you don't get caught up with fight or flight, the person with the most toys wins. I don't start a fight, but I finish it. You can add your own. All the rules of the world. Paul, before that verse that we read about being careful to get trapped, he shares with the, this with them. He says, if with Christ you died to the world, why do you go back to the world for how to act and think? Get mine first. My comfort's the priority. They got to work their own way. All of that is from the world and not from Scripture. These things that you're ingrained in, we have our own things. There are, there are missionaries coming to America right now, by the way, because they see America is so caught up in themselves and that Christmas is all about the gifts and they don't know if it's about Jesus at all. They're sending missionaries to us to see if they can save us. 
I know of one organization, I think they're sending about 1,500 missionaries to us from a country you wouldn't believe <laughs> to save America. Because we've just believed everything. And there are great benefits. I am so glad that I was born in this country and raised in this country and growing in this country. There are great benefits. But Jesus says very clearly, my kingdom is not of this world. So what are the things you don't even think about? Those elemental, fundamental things that you don't even think about that you just go through. They're intangible. They're part of a fallen world. And if you make them the priority, you miss the call for humility. I gain the world, but I lose my soul. My worldview is just worldly. Listen, it's the holiday season. Between my wife's voice studio and all we do at church, we are singing Christmas songs left and right. Left and right. We did three hours at the square uh, with the church last Friday. This just previous Friday, did two, two more hours with her studio. I have had all the Christmas songs I need in the world. What I need is Jesus. That's what I need. Not more songs, more lights. There's great value in songs and lights. They're awesome. They're fun. But they're not what I need, and I can become trapped by just those worldly things. As you work your way back up, he, he ends with that worldly thing, but then he says this. Then you get caught in human traditions. Human traditions I can get trapped in if I have these habits, but they're based not on heart change. I repeat the conditions, but I don't repeat the change. Um, maybe an easier way to say it is my comfort overcomes God's calling. Uh, so we are built this way that you're supposed to do things repeated. We teach children how to tie their shoes, and then we don't say, that's good enough. You don't have to do that the rest of your life. We teach them how to sit at a meal, how to pray. We do these repetitions and repetitions. But spiritual things happen sometimes out of crisis and out of not linear things. Shepherds in a field were the only people that saw the baby. An unwed mother was the only one that gave birth to the Messiah. Magi from a different country came across and were the only ones to kneel in front of it. Those are not the way God, that we would do things if we were God. And you can get caught, caught in this habit of saying, I repeat it, I repeat it, I repeat it. I'm sure you have your favorite worship song that you just thought if we did it over and over again, Jesus would show up. But what happened was Jesus showed up that time it was played. And instead of following Jesus, you might just follow the song. Very hard to keep being trapped by traditions. Traditions, human traditions have this struggle in us that make things challenging. Colossians chapter 2, verse 23 says this uh, with human traditions. They have an appearance of wisdom. They promote self-made religion, asceticism, which is not doing stuff, and severity, which is doing stuff, to your body. But there's no value in stopping actual indulgences in your flesh. Listen, you, you can make the pie. You can put a sign on it that says, do not eat this until the entire family shows up. That will not stop the dog from eating it. 
These, these things we do sometimes that make us feel comfortable can also trap us and make us miss where God's moving. There was an older lady who was driving her car home from, her, from the holidays. She was in the middle of Arizona, I think, driving back, and her car broke down. And she just, she didn't know how to fix it, so she just prayed. She just prayed and prayed and prayed. About two hours later, she heard a rumbling sound. And what came up was a, was a Harley, a guy on a big old Harley, six foot two, full of beard, tattoos. He obviously had been out to the bar before, and she just said, praise Jesus, I'm so glad you're here. You know, can I help you? He said. She said, yeah, my car is broken. I need your help, and Jesus sent you to me. And he said, ma'am, ma'am, Jesus didn't send me to you. I was just driving back from the bar. I happened to be here. So no, Jesus sent you to me. I know how Jesus works. Jesus sent you to me. No, ma'am, you don't know me. I was just at the bar hanging out there. No, Jesus sent you to me. Ma'am, you don't know me. I spent time in jail. I don't care. Jesus sent you to me. Help me fix my car. Ma'am, you don't know. I was in jail for stealing cars. Praise Jesus. He sent an expert. When we put things on repeat and we don't let God to move, we miss where God moves. Think about this. The shepherds were not involved in all the rituals that were happening. They were the only ones out in the field able to see the angels. And because they were roughnecks, they didn't think about it. When the angels said there's probably a babe down there that's going to be the Messiah, they didn't go, well, intellectually, it could debate whether the Messiah is coming this time. What do you think about that? I think we should do this. I should do that. No, they said, let's go see the baby. We're just sharing with the students. Do you not know that during this time, the kingdom to the east had an emperor in there that was killing off all his male heirs? He killed his father. He killed 30 of his brothers. That country was ruled by two people, the ruling caste that this king was a part of and the priestly caste. You know what they were called? The Magi. And so the Magi, from about 24 B.C. until about 6 B.C., were running around the world trying to find out who was going to be the next king. That's how God works. Not in these nice little patterns that we just repeat and make us comfortable, but in, hey, this is tearing down. You're going to have to seek me out, and you're going to have to travel thousands of miles to find the one who would be king. So they come to Herod and say, who's the new king? And Herod goes, oh, man, I got a problem. Are you okay not being comfortable all the time so that Jesus can move in? Here's the third thing that's up, is that whole idea of deceit. Um, there's a difference between deceit and lying, as I mentioned. Deceit is giving you enough half-truths that you make up your own lies. Um, it's what snake oil salesmen do. <laughs> they give you enough half-truths. Um, they give you enough half-truths and you'll just make up the lie and then you'll invest in that lie. All of Galatians, starting the first chapter, is Paul going, I'm so shocked that you left grace and truth so easily. I'm astounded that you deserted him who called you by the grace of God and are turning to a different gospel. And that passion goes on to say, even if an angel gives you a gospel, either than the other one that we've shared with you, let him be eternally accursed. There is one gospel. It is grace. I am here because of Jesus, not because of me. As I left my house this morning, uh, 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 the caretaker of my house, check with me. Sean, are you aware you're wearing shorts? 
because I get so busy doing stuff that I don't take care of myself. And I thought, and the risk was, my caretaker at home thought, the risk is he's going to walk into the first service in shorts and just be like, hey, let me tell you about Jesus. And the form will reject the message. And we do the same thing. Why do you have a tie in this service? This is the contemporary service. Why are we singing a hymn here? Do you know what foolishness that sounds like to people in the world? <laughs> How foolish that sounds? You're saved by grace. The gift is Jesus. Jesus only. Anything else is great, but it is not the core. And your neighbors and your friends and that waitress at the restaurant doesn't need you to give her the judgment stuff. She has that stuff. She knows the baby she has that she can't raise, the marriage she has that fell apart, the childhood she has that broke her. What she doesn't have is the grace and peace of Jesus. Who's whispering in your ears that you're just filling in the blanks with lies? If you know more about the the donkey in the manger, because you saw a movie about a little donkey in the manger than you know about the actual biblical Jesus story, you, you may need some help there. If you know more about Charlie Brown Christmas than you know about Jesus Christmas, there may be some help there. Again, to believers I'm talking to. To believers. Not to my friends who never heard any of that. Just a little bit of lie gets in your ear, and you just follow the lie. You're like, well, that's more entertaining. I mean, really. I'd rather not deal with my own sin and troubles. I'd rather just follow this nice little thing that goes down the path. And the last one is philosophy. Like I said, philosophy has to do with your eyes are looking. You're, you have belief, and it's solid, and you worked on it, but you, pre, you, you described it ahead of time, and therefore anything you come into is always going to fit in those boxes, and your opinion overrules any other option. Romans 1 is all about this. When I do evangelism, I yet, I yet to meet anybody that doesn't believe there's an option of God. If I go into it with saying, if there's a God, if, if there's a God, this is the God I'm describing. And sometimes, depending on who I'm talking to, I have to say, it's the God who can make black holes. And they go, oh, that's a big enough God. But what they don't want to do is respond to that God. They didn't honor him. They didn't give thanks to him. They became futile in their thinking and foolish in their hearts. And they claimed to be wise, but they ended up being fools. There are so many days where I think I'm doing the right wise thing, and I end up in the foolish pit. As believers, if you don't get trapped by that, trapped by your own wisdom, you'll be used by God much more effectively than if you are. We take the gospel seriously. We don't take ourselves too seriously because we know we can go off the rails really quickly. We can chase rabbits instead of chasing Jesus. We can make everything look pretty and have it just be an empty box, and no one needs that. Even you, church. You know more about Iron Man than you know about Jesus. 
all kinds of stuff we chase. Jesus stood in front of the synagogue and said, not only am I here when you feel at your lowest, the poorest, am I here to give you this gift that's beyond reason, riches that matter. He also said one of the reasons God sent me was to stand there and say, there are things that are trapping you, and you don't even know it. So as the students come up to lead us in worship, I want to encourage you to be thinking about that. The gospel is pretty clear. What it, what it says, in essence, is um, when I came to Jesus, everything else I put aside. In fact, if you go into certain countries, when you get baptized, it's how you have a, we call it a Christian name now, but back in the day, when you would get baptized, you'd actually get a new name. Um, in certain countries that are under certain laws, you cannot have a license that is written that's not a name under their religion. So when you actually become a Christian, when you get baptized, you have to go and get a different identity. You get taxed differently. Different laws apply to you. That, that's what it was about. We have a couple students that this Wednesday are going to come in and, and be, they asked to be baptized. So awesome. Let's do it. And, and we, we invite you to come to that. Um, come and be here and be in here at 7 o'clock and be a part of that. But, but while that may be another Wednesday night for you, for them, that will be the most critical day of their life where their identity have changed. Jesus said, you died to all those things. Why are you acting like you're with them anymore? You died to them. Don't pick them up again. You died to empty boxes that look pretty. The only thing you need now are things that are effective and work. You're free. You're free. You, you, could, you could completely go home and ignore anything I say. That's fine, because I'm not worried about that. But the, pro, the problem that I have is not where you're free. My prayer for you is to figure out where you're trapped. That's what church is about. So as we close in worship, that may be where your heart is. You're like, hey, I need, I need some prayer over that. I'd hate to see you charge through Christmas and miss Christ in the Mass. Actually, Christmas, because I don't know about you, Christmas can get really messy. <laughs> it's just, you just go from thing to thing, and you're like, I, what party am I going to now? What celebration am I going to? And Jesus is like, hey, I'm over here. I don't think, I don't think we don't know it. I just think we don't do it. Let's pray together. Father, we pray that you would help us to hear your word clearly. That you've come to set us free. That your liberty is at work. Not just from the ability to do what we want, but from those things we don't even think about. We were raised in a certain family a certain way, and we, we don't submit that to you. We just believe those things are true because it's always been true. We repeat things over and over again, hoping that they'll bring us closer to you when the truth is found in you alone. We just follow the ways of the world, get ours, get it now. Or we follow people that are lying in our ears, telling us things that are beautiful but aren't truth. Help us, Lord, 
to know you, to trust you, and to follow you. That what you want from us is our hearts. What you need from us is not just proclamation, but maybe submission. Your way, not our way. Your will, not our will. Help us to head into the holidays like that. People called to be your servants and offering our hearts. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. For more information about First Baptist Church of Wildwood and our ministries, you can go to our website, fbcwildwood.org, our Facebook page, First Baptist Church of Wildwood, or our Instagram page, FB Wildwood. Have a great Jesus-filled day.